That was my first landing, and it hadn't been bad. In fact, I had got better and better all the time, and the conviction was growing in me that my instructor must have been impressed with my initial showing. We climbed out, and after walking a few steps in silence, Flight Officer Woodham halted and turned to me. "'What's your name?' he asked. Ah, yes, here was the proof. He knew I had done well. He was interested in me. "'Harriet, sir,' I replied smartly. For a few moments he gave me a level stare. "'Well, Harriet,' he murmured, "'that was bloody awful.' Now that we were faced with the realities of life at flying school, the ties that bound me to my fellow airmen were strengthened. We had a common aim, a common worry. The feeling of comradeship was very much like my relationship with Siegfried and his student brother Tristan back in Darby, but there the pressure came not from learning to fly, but from the daily challenge of veterinary practice. Our existence was ruled by sudden and unexpected alarms. Tristan, however, didn't let it get him down. He and I were sitting in the big room at Scaledale House one night, when the telephone burst into strident voice. He reached from his chair and lifted the receiver. "'Hello, please. Who is this?' he inquired. He listened attentively for a few moments, then shook his head. "'No, no, very sorry, but Mr. Fan and no at home. Yes, yes, I tell him when he come. Hokey-dokey, bye-bye.' I looked across at him wonderingly from the other side of the fireplace as he replaced the instrument. These strange accents were only one facet of his constant determination to extract amusement from every situation. He didn't do it all the time, only when the mood was on him. But it was not unusual for farmers to say that some foreign fella had answered the telephone. Tristan settled comfortably behind his daily mirror and was fumbling for a woodbine when the ringing started again. He stretched out once more. Yas, yas, good evening, how do you do? What do you want, huh? I could hear a deep rumble from the other end of the line, and Tristan suddenly snapped upright in his chair. His daily mirror and cigarettes slithered onto the floor. "'Yes, Mr. Mount,' he said smartly. "'No, Mr. Mount.' "'Yes, indeed, Mr. Mount. I shall pass on your message immediately. Thank you very much. Goodbye.' He fell back in his chair and blew out his cheeks. "'That was Mr. Mount.' "'So I gathered. And he certainly wiped the smile off your face, Tris.' "'Yes.' "'Yes, just a little unexpected.' He recovered his woodbines and lit one thoughtfully. "'Quite,' I said. "'What did he ring for, anyway?' "'Oh, he has a cart-horse to see tomorrow morning. Something wrong with its hind feet.' I made a note on the pad and turned back to the young man. "'I don't know how you find the time in your hectic love-life, but you're running around with that chap's daughter, are you?' Tristan took the cigarette from his mouth and studied the glowing end. "'Yes. As a matter of fact, I have taken Deborah Mount out a few times. Why do you ask?' "'Oh, no particular reason. Her old man seems a bit formidable, that's all.' "'I could picture Mr. Mount the last time I saw him. He was well named. A veritable massive of a man towering several inches over six feet.' "'Oh, I don't know,' said Tristan. "'He's not a bad sort.' "'I agree. I've nothing against him.' Mr. Mount was deeply religious and had the reputation of being hard but fair. It's just that I wouldn't like him to come up to me and ask if I was trifling with his daughter's affections. Tristan swallowed and anxiety flitted briefly in his eyes. Oh, that's ridiculous. Deborah and I have a friendly relationship, that's all. Well, I'm glad to hear it, I said. I've been told her father is very protective of her, and I'd hate to feel those big hands round my throat. 
Tristan gave me a cold stare. You're a sadistic bugger at times, Jim. Just because I occasionally enjoy a little female company. Ah, oh, forget it, Tris. I was only kidding. You've nothing to worry about. When I see old man tomorrow, I promise I won't mention that Deborah is one of your harem. I dodged a flying cushion and went through to the dispensary to stock up for the next day's round. But I realised next morning that my joke was barbed when I saw Mr. Mount coming out of the farmhouse. For a moment his bulk filled the doorway. Then he advanced with measured tread over the cobbles till he loomed over me, blocking out the sunshine throwing a large area round me into shade. "'That young man, Tristan,' he said without preamble. "'He was speaking a bit funny-like on the phone last night. "'What sort of a feller is he?' "'I looked at the great head poised above me, "'at the unwavering grey eyes probing into mine "'from beneath a bristling overhang of brow. "'Tristan,' I answered shakily,